Welcome to The Process, the show that talks with you and not at you. Each week, we will discuss our lifelong journey with God. Now, here's your host, Pastor Renee. Hello, this is Brother Renee coming to you again with The Process. How do we grow in God's love and in His grace? You know, anytime you start something new, there are hiccups and there are things that come along. In this podcast, I tell you what, this has just been a challenge for me. Um, I thought I was an orator, but I'm finding out there are skills that I still have to learn as we deliver God's Word to you. We began our session talking about in the beginning, and we know that in the beginning, God created man. God created man in his image and in his likeness. Man fell away from that grace. And you say, why did God allow man the freedom to choose? Well, dealing with love, you have to choose to love, and God is love. So that's why. God gave man not just the opportunity, the free will to choose. We know that uh, Adam and Eve, uh, you know, disobeyed God. And that started this whole process of God setting up situations and circumstances that a people would choose to serve him and to be shaped back into his image, as mentioned in Genesis 1 and 27. It said, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them. This all goes back to the basic concept of us choosing to allow God to change us back into his image and his likeness. And part of something we're going to talk about today is what is God? And what is God's image and what is God's likeness? Think about that for a second. Because how am I going to be transformed into something unless I know what it is? Well, we're going to talk about 1 Corinthians 13 today. We're going to talk about the essence of God today, which is love. Because we know that God is love. And how do we draw on God's love to be transformed back into his image, and his likeness. Let's talk about love. Oh, that mystical, romantic, driving force that so many of us know so little about, present company included. When we look at the definition of love from the dictionary, it's stated like this. Love, it's a noun. Strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. Another definition of love is attraction based on sexual desire, affection, tenderness felt by lovers. Another definition is affection based on admiration, benevolence, or common interests. And another definition would be unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. The fatherly concern of God for man 
brotherly concern for others, a person's adoration of God. I'm going to read that fourth one again, because that is the definition that I think that we will exercise this morning and expound upon. Unselfish, loyal, and benevolent concern for the good of another. Fatherly concern of God for man, brotherly concern for others, a person's adoration of God. And as I was looking at that definition, I said, well, what is benevolence? What is benevolence? Well, again, benevolence is the disposition to do good, an act of kindness. So as we're summarizing love, it's about adoration, it's about dedication, it's about benevolence or being kind, it's about being good or doing good. God's word tells us again and again that it's not good for man to be alone. Now, follow me with this thought. We remain in God's image and likeness. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So since we're made in God's image and likeness, God doesn't want to be alone either. And that is why he created Adam and Eve way back in the beginning. And that's why our quest is to get back to that relationship of love with God that he had instilled way back in Genesis. That's what this process is about. That's what this life's journey is about. When people talk about life and what is life about and and what's the meaning of life, it's not about jobs. Jobs are going to change. It's not about our own human relationships with one another. Unless it's driven by God's love, it's about allowing God to continually change us mentally, emotionally, relationally, behaviorally, so that we will first love God to the point that we can then learn to love one another. There's that word again, love. God is love, and they that love God must love one another. Now, that's a whole nother subject that we're not going to get into today, okay? We're going to just talk about just the essence of love, what love is, how it can open up to God's love. But along with opening up to God's love, that takes us back again to God has given us free will to make decisions. Oftentimes, we want to blame situations. We want to blame circumstances. We want to blame people. We want to blame our poor decision making. But in essence, what is happening in our life is one of a number of things. One, God trying to get my attention. Two, God trying to mold me and shape me to his image and likeness. Now, if you haven't accepted Christ as your personal savior, uh, the main goal is for God to get your attention so you realize that you need a savior. Now, once again, we all have free will. God does not take our free will from us. But what he does is confront us with opportunities over and over again to recognize that I don't just need a friend. I don't need a buddy. I need a savior. And that's why he sent his son to be that propitiation to pay for our sins so we could make that transition and have that rightful relationship with him. And he did that because of, you guessed it, four words, four letters, Love. God so loved us that he gave us only begotten son. And you're going to hear that from me over and over again 
Because this process, I don't care if you're newborn or if you're 90, the whole process is about you getting to know God in his image and in his likeness. It's difficult to make decisions about things that you really don't know about. So what we're going to do, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, and we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, which talks about charity. And another word for charity is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. It doth not behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. It rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Charity never fails. Now, I know I went through that a little quickly. I'm going to read over it again because it's important to understand these characteristics because these are the characteristics that God is longing to develop in us. He wants us to be like him. God's not sitting up there with a baseball bat or a whip looking to beat us. He wants to change us into his image and likeness. Charity suffers long and is kind. How long is long? Long. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own. It's not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. It endures all things. Charity never fails. How many of you would really love to have those characteristics listed on your biography? But that is the end game of what God has in store for us. Charity, God's love, is universal It covers all. It's renewed every day. But better than that, folks will see Christ in you, Christ in me, and that hope that we have, because it is the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Pastor Renee will be right back after this brief break. is love. This phrase sums up the very essence of God's character. God's love is perfect and unconditional, extending to all of creation. He desires for us to experience His love, and when we do, it can have a profoundly positive impact on our lives. For example, knowing that we are loved by an all-powerful God can give us strength to endure difficult circumstances, hope for a better future, and courage to reach our goals. 
Furthermore, his love provides us with a sense of belonging and acceptance that only he can offer. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Today's prayer, God help me to never forget your love for me and for all of us. Your grace is an important part of your nature. Your grace makes it possible for us to receive forgiveness even when we sin. Help me to trust that you are always with us and will never leave. I pray for courage, strength, and hope in times of difficulty, knowing that your love is constant and unending. In Jesus' name, amen. So far... We've talked about God's creating us. We've talked about our failure as men or mankind to God. We've talked about Lucifer being thrown out of uh, heaven by Michael. Uh, we've talked about elements of waging your and my devotions. We've talked about the battle that many of us face day to day. The temptations, the attitudes, uh, um, the, the the sometimes even the hatred that that, that we 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 manifest one to another, or even for ourselves, the lack of hope. Sometimes we've talked about all of that, and how do we tie all this together to make sense of this process? Well, I think John in First John chapter four kind of summarizes the whole totality of this progression that we're going through from the day we're born until the day we accept Christ our Savior until the day uh, Christ brings us home. And let's read part of that, and, and let's see if we can get some insight that may help us this day to understand the battles we face, the failures we face, the successes we have, to help us understand how all of this is integral in God forming his image and his likeness in us. God loves us now. Remember, this is all about God's love and God getting us a position where we'll choose to spend eternity with him. In 1 John chapter 4, John lays some things out to us that are wonderful. It starts with, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God, and this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof you have heard that it should come, and in even now already is in the world. Frustrations, battles, temptations, they're all elements. Folks, this world is not perfect. We are not perfect. This world is the proving ground. This world is the battleground. This world is the molding element that God has created that I have the wonderful opportunity to choose to love him 
to accept his son as my personal savior, to say, God, change me from glory to glory. God, help me to deal with my insecurities, my my failures, my successes. Lord, help me to be more like you. That's what this proving ground is all about. And once we see that this process is continue, but not as it's continue, that we see that, guess what? God has already stacked the deck in our favor. But we have to make that choice, sometime daily, sometime hourly, sometimes second by second, because there are elements in this imperfect world that wants to steer us completely away from that wonderful, loving life that God has for us. This world is not perfect, nor am I, nor are you. But the perfect one has set up a plan, a program, a way that we can change from glory to glory. And it goes back to his love for us. Because it starts with, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. I know sometimes you may get discouraged in your, in your journey with the Lord. Or if you haven't known the Lord yet, you're wondering what's going on around you. The frustrations and all the rest. But God has an answer for us. We have to choose. We have to choose to take that answer. And to make God not just our Savior, not accept Jesus our Savior, but make Him the Lord of our life and say, Go, God, just like in Genesis, remake me. Make me into your image and into your likeness. So that when I look in the mirror, I can see you. That when I smile, I can see you. That during hard times, I know your strength is going to carry me through it. Through the times of no hope, I can rely on some of your promises. The promise that says that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. That you'll finish that work that you've begun in me. That the greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. That's what you want to shape us into. That's what you want to shape me into. So that I can be a manifestation of your love, of your glory, of your purpose, of your hope in this world. Let's remember, this journey that we're on, uh, we're not on this journey by ourselves, okay? Uh, There are elements that do not want us to be shaped and formed in the image and likeness of God, okay? They're, They're the image of the world, there's, 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 the, there's the, our own flesh. Now, I would like to tell you, I would like to tell you that that I am always spiritual and I'm always holy and I always do what what God wants me to do. And if I would tell you that, it would be a straight up lie. Okay, I have my ups, I have my downs, I have my ins and I have my outs. But there's one thing that stays firm within me: that love that God has placed in me for Him. And that helps me to fight this battle and to make those decisions that not just the word, but what God sometimes lays in my heart to do. In in 1 John 4, uh, chapter 5, it talks about another one of those elements. It says, they are of the war world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knoweth God hears us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. See, there's that other element, that element 
of the world. The world, the world will try to tell you what is right. The world has its own set of values that are separated from God's values and guidelines. The world will try to call evil good and good evil. That's all part of the process, folks. That's all part of the process. I wish I had a magic wand I could wave and because and, I'd wave over myself first and then I'd be instantly there. But it doesn't go like that. You know, the old song, you know, I keep falling in love with him. And yeah, we're back to the love theme. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter, so much sweeter as the day goes by. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over and over and over again. That love for God, that love to want to know him, to want to please him, to be shaped into his image and likeness. That is the driving force that compels me when I mess up to say, God, I blew it. You see, I was raised in a competitive environment. Uh, I had four brothers, and and my four brothers uh, could play football, basketball, and baseball. I couldn't play baseball, so I always used to put myself down because they were three-letter men. I was just the two-letter men. I I couldn't play. I couldn't play baseball. But you know, we carry those. Um, those weights from our childhood into adulthood, into our decision making, and, and and what we do. But when you come to the Lord, He wipes that slate clean. He wipes that slate so clean that that He gives us a new beginning, a new start. And guess what? He uses to do that. Love, First John four and seven, beloved. Let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and he sent his Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Feeling hopeless can be overwhelming and exhausting, but it's important to remember that hope is always within reach. Even in the darkest of moments, there is a glimmer of light waiting to be found. It takes courage to keep pushing forward when all seems lost, but with determination and a positive mindset, anything is possible. Remember to seek support from loved ones and to practice self-care. Focus on small victories and progress, and don't be afraid to ask for help when needed. Believe in yourself and your ability to overcome obstacles and never give up on hope. 
Please dial or text 988 available 24 hours and 7 days a week to talk to someone ready to help. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on www.pastorrene.com. That's www.pastorrene.com. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in the topic. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in the future episodes. Get in touch on the Contact Us page at www.pastorrene.com. Remember, that's P-A-S-T-O-R-R-A-N-E.com. See you next week for a new episode. And remember to always keep God in the driver's seat. Thanks for joining us this week on The Process. Make sure to visit our website, www.pastorrene.com, where you can subscribe so you'll never miss a show. If you found value in this show, please tell a friend. And don't forget to tune in for our next episode.